Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people are hungry for the Word of God? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord, we come together to hear what you have to speak to us. We know, Father, that your people will be destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. And Lord, you ask us to educate, to train, to equip your people in the church so that they will be thoroughly equipped to do every good deed. Lord, we honor your word. We believe your word is precious and is our spiritual food. We want to, Lord, bring the good food to your people together today. May your Holy Spirit speak to your people. Even though I may speak one thing, but you can speak another thing that they need to hear into their spirit. Because your spirit is our teacher. We surrender to the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. And we ask you to help us to understand, to receive the revelation from heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We will continue to talk about being fruitful. We want to be fruitful people. Fruitfulness is a subject that sometimes Christians ignore or don't even have the clue what it means. I want to review a little bit from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. When you read this scripture, you can see that God expects every Christian to bear fruit. Because he said that if we don't bear fruit, he will take us away. So this sentence shows seriousness of bearing fruit. God takes seriously the issue of bearing fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. To be a Christian is not just to accept Jesus Christ at the outer call and then never show up on Sunday and then just live day by day waiting to go to heaven. God doesn't want us just to have salvation. Salvation is good, but it's not enough. God expects us to all bear fruit. And not only bear fruit, but He wants us to produce or bear more fruit each year. This year, we should bear more fruit than last year. He wants us to keep growing, keep changing, keep being more anointed, being more knowledgeable, and bear more fruit each year. In verse 3, the Bible says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. In order to bear fruit, the tree needs to be clean, needs to be without disease, without spiritual disease and sickness. So God wants to clean all of us in order to be healthy tree, healthy branches of the vine so that we can bear more fruit. If we are open to Him and receive the Word of God, God say He clean us by His Word. That's why our church really takes serious about teaching the Word of God. And that's why we have the table out there with the computer that you can download the teaching and you can listen and you can learn and we encourage you to read the Bible because the Word of God will clean you up so that you have new thinking. We all grew up with wrong doctrines and wrong ideas that we receive from television or newspaper or the things of the world. But God wants us to renew our mind, to think the same way God thinks, so that we can be fruitful. One of the reasons people cannot be fruitful because they still have a lot of secular thinking and idea. God wants to clean us up with the Word of God and by His fire. Verses 4 to 7 say, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, means Jesus. He who abides in Jesus, and I in him, bears much fruit. Everyone say, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch 
and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 16 say, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. How many people who are listening to this teaching want to have a lifestyle that whatever you ask God, God answer you? Every time you ask God, God answer you. This is the key. The key of receiving answer from God in your prayer all the time. Whatever you ask God is to make a decision to live a fruitful life. I remember before I moved to Seattle many years ago, I was kneeling down in the second floor of a house. Before I came to Seattle, I was desiring to live for myself. I want to be a professor at the university. I want to live for my own dream. But that day, I decided to repent, and I knelt down and prayed to God. From today on, I'm going to live my life for you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. I want to be fruitful. I want to bring more souls to the kingdom of God. I want to be used by you. I made that decision in 19, I believe, 85. And since then, I have been living that way. And then God answered my prayer a lot because I decided to live a fruitful life for the kingdom of God. I don't want to waste my life away. And the key to be fruitful, Jesus said, if you abide in me, what does it mean? To stay connected to Jesus, to have strong relationship with Jesus. And you have strong relationship with Jesus by talking to him, yielding to him, loving him, fearing him from your spirit. But also you can abide in Jesus by being filled with the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. So Christians should be filled with the Spirit so you can abide with Jesus. The Spirit of God will help you to stay connected with Jesus. That's why our church believe in imparting, laying on of hand, and get people filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. And not only that, if the Word of God abides in us, we need to be people who really love the Word of God. Amen? Yesterday, one of the members asked me, they wanted to serve God in the church. And they asked me how I can be in the ministry. I said, very simple. You start from simple thing. Number one, read the Bible a lot. Number two, pray a lot. Number three, listen to all the teaching we have in the church. I never forget when I became a brand new believer and moved to another city. I walk into a huge church and they have a, we call tape table. At that time, we don't have MP3 and CD, we have tape. I walk in and saw all the sermon and all the list of the sermon. This is Pastor Lao many years ago. I'm still like that today. I look at all the lists. I came from another city. I went to Bangkok. I was living in another city. I said to the tape lady, she taking care of the tape ministry. I said that all this list, I want them. And all of this table right now, how much? I pay. I get all the tape back home, listen to every single tape. And after that, I took all the library of that tape. I listened to every single tape in that church. And those tape, if you go to my home right now, still in my garage to today. 20 years later, it's still in my garage. I never destroy them. I love the Word of God. You need to get into the Word of God. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Abide in Jesus and make a decision that you want to be fruitful for God. And then God promised you that whatever you ask in my name, whatever you desire, it shall be done for you. And He said in verse 16, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. He gives you because He can trust you that you will go out and bear fruit. You will not have a covetous spirit that, you know, give me, give me, give me from my own flesh, from my own comfort. But you say, give me so that I can bear more fruit. How many people want to live that way? I want to live that way. Whatever I ask, God give me. Amen. And it's happened to me every single day. I share in my care group on Friday that I went home and find out that my grandson 
took a big piece of paper out of the table. Then that piece of paper is so important to me. When I came home, where is the paper? I asked my wife. Ah, I think he played with it and disappeared in the house. And one piece already torn. So we have two pieces on the table. I was looking, and then I prayed, Lord, I need that paper back. Could you please help me? Suddenly, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. It was in the garbage can. I walked to the garbage can, tap on it. It opened up. It's in there. God answered my prayer right away and speak to me. Help me right away. This is just a little thing. Yesterday, we went to the Salmon Festival in Issaquah. So we pray that we will have a parking spot. We drove in. God answered right there. The parking of the queen named Pasada. She can park right there. God answer our prayer because we want to be fruitful. We want to save our time not to walk too long to the Salmon uh, Festival. Amen? So if we are that kind of people, that we value the presence of God, that we honor the Word of God, and we really want the Word of God, we want the presence of God, we want to be fruitful for God, you know what God is going to do to us? He will give us more. He will give us more revelation. And if we learn, we practice it, He can give us more understanding. He will show us more truth in the Bible. And as we practice more, we value, He's going to give us more. Is that right? The same thing in the world. How many people are parents here? If you give something good to your children, and your children just drop on the ground, and for example, if you give them an iPod, and then they say, oh, iPod, iPad, throw away. And they come back and say, you know, I want also another thing. You say, I'm not going to give to you. Because I give to you, you already lay on the ground and you don't care about it. How are we going to give more to you? The same principle here. If God gives something to us, we value it. We see the importance and we honor and we want to put it to practice. And we want to make it fruitful for the family. The parents up there, God. The Lord Jesus is going to give us more. Okay, give you more anointing. Give you more grace. Give you more blessing. Give you more finances so that you can be more fruitful. Amen? Amen. That should be our lifestyle. That we are hungry and we want to grow and develop and change every single year. That this year we're going to have more anointing than last year. That this year we're going to have more understanding of the Word of God more than last year. This year we're going to have more faith than last year. And next year we're going to be more fruitful than this year. If that is your desire, God can answer your prayer. God will do something special for your life. Because God noticed that you do something with what He has given to you. Amen? So that's how God works with us. God is ordering our step. If we are that kind of people, God is going to open the door for us to read the right book, to read the right scripture, to listen to the right teaching, and meet the right people, and open the door for us from one to another to another, because our heart is right. We want to abide in Jesus. We love the Word of God, and we want to be fruitful for God. And God looks from heaven and says, Good, good. I'm going to help you. I'm going to direct your step. I'm going to lead your path. And you're going to be more fruitful next year. And when you go to heaven, you're going to have a lot of rewards that remain. You're going to have much inheritance. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 1 to 2 talk about living in the light, living as a children of God, living right, imitator of God. Then verse 3, the opposite. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor cause jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. God showed in the scripture that in our life, we have two choices. We make choice every day. We can make choice to live like God, to be imitators of the Father, living a holy life. Don't get involved with fornication, with bad talking, dirty joke, 
foolish talking, negative words from our mouth. We watch our action. We watch our lifestyle and our words. We can choose either way. We can choose living right and living wrong. Look at verse five. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So the scriptures say clearly that if we reap wrong, we commit adultery, fornication. Cheating, lying, we live according to our flesh. We will not have inheritance in the kingdom of God and heaven. Why? Because we just waste our life away every single day. We are not fruitful. We are not producing fruit that will last and remain in the kingdom. So when we get to heaven, we have no inheritance. We have no rewards. We have no crowd of glory on our head. Because we just live for ourselves. The Bible talk about people who live wrong, but they may be saved at the end because the last minute, the last breath of their life, they repent and accept Jesus, and God forgive all of their sin anyway. But they live on this world for seventy years, sixty years in the wrong way, for their flesh, for their own desire, in the wrong direction. The Bible say even though they're saved, they may go to heaven. But they go to heaven empty-handed. They have no rewards at all. They have no inheritance in heaven. And I want to encourage all of you: the life on earth here is much shorter than the life in heaven. So you should prepare yourself for rewards in heaven. Life on earth is so short, relatively short. Amen. And I can sense that already. Each year now is October of year 2011. We talk about Y2K. Just a couple blinking of our eyes, and now year 2011, and October already by almost the end of the year. Thanksgiving is coming, Christmas coming up again. Life on earth is so short, and life in heaven is eternity. You should think about living right on earth here, so that you can have rewards and inheritance in the kingdom of heaven up there. Amen. Don't waste your time any longer. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 17, and he said to him, "Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little. Have authority over ten cities." So you can see that the Bible talk about the inheritance in heaven. When Jesus come to rule the world, some of us will be like a big star with big glory. Some of us will have authority to rule ten cities. Some of us may be five cities. So God gives us different level of rewards and authorities in the kingdom of heaven, and how does He judge that? How does He determine how much rewards and authorities you have in heaven or in the kingdom of God at the end? He judges by how you live now on earth here. He said that if you are faithful in little thing, I use the same principle. If people come to see me and say, "Pastor, I like to be a pastor in this church. I want to preach. I want to teach." I will look at that person's eyes and say, "Can you just be faithful in sweeping the floor first, greeting people, showing love to people in the care group, being in the care group every week? Be faithful, showing up and show love to people in your care group first before I give you a big responsibility to preach in the church. If you cannot be faithful in little things, you cannot be anointed to do a great thing for God." And you will never get to having the rewards in heaven a big time because you are not faithful in little things. God look at that way, and I look at that way because I see the scripture. I look at people and see how faithful they are in little little things. Everyone say much fruit. Everyone say inheritance. Everyone say two choices. We're gonna live right. Or we're gonna live long. Look at Ephesians chapter five, verses six to eleven. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit. Everyone say fruit. 
of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose, which means rather reprove them. Again, verses 6 to 11, the Apostle Paul wrote the same thing again about making choice. You were in darkness, and now he begged you to live in the light. Walk right, live right, by finding out what is pleasing to God. How do you find out what is pleasing to God? It's in the Bible, and by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you what is right, what is wrong, and the Bible will tell you what is right, what is wrong. You live right because if you allow your flesh and Satan to deceive you and to lure you into the flesh, into the sinful nature, what happened? The Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Can the devil trap Christians to sin? and to live in selfishness and use their time and resources and energy and ability and everything in their life to please their flesh and their sin. And after a few years, or one day right before they die, they look up when they see Jesus come to pick them up or the angel come to pick them up and they say, oops, all these years I spent my time my money, my resources, my life, everything in my life to please my flesh and to commit sin instead of living right that is pleasing to God. And when I get up to heaven, I will have reward. On that day, the day of departure, a lot of Christians, even though they are saved, but they live to please their sensual pleasure, which cause a total waste of their life. And when they get up to heaven, they have nothing left. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 to 11, to warn us that don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Let's continue to read verses 12 to 17 in Ephesians 5. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. You know, when people live for their flesh, for their sin, they usually do it in secret. They don't want to let other people know. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. Many Christians are sleeping. Listening to the devil. Get trapped by the devil. Living for themselves. Living for their own pleasure and their own desire. And God say, Wake up you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Some Christians have the dead relationship with God. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Today's sermon and the next time sermon, that this sermon will not be finished in one day. In one session. I'm going to continue next time. We're going to talk about fool of foolishness and wisdom. How we're going to live a life that is so fruitful and we can have a lot of inheritance in heaven. There are two kinds of believers in the church, the fool and the wise. How many people want to be the wise? Raise your hand up. How many people want to be the fool? I hope you don't desire to be the fool. But not as fools, but as wise. What the wise people do? redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise or do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Everyone says, redeeming the time. One of the principles to be fruitful on earth here is to learn how to save or to redeem our time. If you notice, before verse 16, when Paul said, redeeming the time, he said, fool and wise. And after he said, redeeming the time, in verse 16, verse 17, he said, therefore, do not be unwise. So to be able to redeem the time, we need to be wise. 
We need to have the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God is not from University of Washington or from your school, but the wisdom of God come from heaven. We need to have the wisdom of God how to manage our life. The Bible used the word redeem. What does it mean? Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. This scripture talk about redeem. Before we came to know God, we sinned. And we have to face the punishment. We have to pay for sin. We were cursed. We were facing death, sickness, poverty, disease, depression, all kinds of problems that come along with the consequences of sin. Somebody has to pay. So by the grace and the mercy of God, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, Christ, the Son of the living God and the Son of Man, to die on the cross. His death on the cross, His blood that shed on the cross, His stripe. On the cross, pay. He received all the junk of our life, the curse, the sin, the death, and He give us life and give it more abundantly and give us blessings. There is an exchange happened on the cross that He, but in order to get that exchange, somebody has to pay. And you know who pay? Jesus paid for us. That's why as Christians, we love Jesus so much. He paid for our curse. He paid for our punishment of sin and hell and death and sickness. He paid for us. So what does it mean when it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse? It means somebody pay in order to save something that should be lost. When the Bible used the word redeem in Jesus' time, they're talking about the slave. Somebody pay for the slave to be free so that the slave can have a new life the same thing with time. We need to redeem our time. We need to live right with our time. We need to know how to manage our time in order to be fruitful. Amen? Not many Christians are taking serious about time that much. People don't think about time that much. People think about money, but not time. People think about how I can go to workout club to make my muscle big because they want to look good. But a lot of people don't think about time. But time is very precious for the Lord. That's why he say, redeeming your time. Save your time. Look at James chapter 4, verse 14. Why God remind us to redeem our time. James chapter 4, verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. How many people know what's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Is that right? Okay. For what is your life? What is your life? Your life is not your car. Your life is not your house. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Life is about time. When the time ends, you die. So time related to your life. And the Bible calls your life as vapor or mist. What is the characteristic of vapor or mist? It disappears fast. Our life is relatively short. Therefore, time is very precious. You hear people use this terminology. I just kill my time. Have you heard that? Oh, I have nothing to do. I just kill my time. When people say that, it means that they are throwing the time away. They are wasting their time away. Do you have time to throw away? I don't think so. Time is so precious. And our life on earth here is the amount of time that we have. And the Lord expects us to produce something with our time. Amen? In the business world, people know that time is about money. Every single minute. I know that because I'm in the practice. Every 15 minutes, patients show up. Every 15 minutes, I can send the bill. And even in the hospital, do you know that how the anesthesiologist charge money to you when they, the anesthesiologist send bill to the insurance company? They send bill to 
by two factors. Number one, what kind of surgery? One, the harder the surgery, the more money they get paid. And two, how long the surgery lasts. The longer, the more pay. Time is about money in the business world. But it's interesting. When we come to church, we lose the sense about the value of time. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we have lost the sense of the value of time. McDonald's has become very big. They started as a little hamburger and milkshake store. And now they are huge and global everywhere, even in Bangkok and in Tokyo. They have McDonald's everywhere. Why? Because they keep looking to expand. They want to expand the business. They bought commercial time and billboards. They preached the message of the good news. And the good news is Big Macs and Happy Meal. Nice hamburger with cheap price and rapid production. That is their good news. They keep preaching their good news. They get together. They make plan to make more and more McDonald's around the world. But Christians, relax and let the time fly. And just live for our own life. I don't care about the kingdom of God. But people in the world, they try to expand their business. How about us? How do we spend our time? Is the time valuable? How do we live each day? McDonald's have mission to do. And not only that, they don't only have mission to fill the world, the whole world with McDonald's. But they also expect McDonald's to produce fruit, to make income. And they also expect their employees to produce. If you get hired by McDonald's, you just sit there, do nothing, just kill your time, you're going to be fired. They expect you to work hard. Bam, 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 bam. Produce, produce, produce. Get money in, get money in. Every single minute, they get money in. Why don't Christians think that way for the king? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about souls, about the kingdom of God. Why don't we live like that to Think about how much fruit we're going to make. Let me ask this question. If McDonald's gospel is so worthy in their own eyes, the gospel is Big Mac and Happy Meal. Do you think our gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is more worthy to preach? The gospel bring life and bring it more abundantly. Which one is more worthy to preach? The gospel. Is that right? We should be thinking about preaching the gospel. We should be thinking about planting more churches around the world, every corner on the street. We should be thinking about how I can reach out to people in China, millions of people. How can I spread the gospel all over China? Dropbox, podcast, whatever technology we can do to save time to get the message out as fast as we can. Thinking about how we're going to save people in Japan. We are going to Japan next week. And my heart is burdened because I see Japanese people are so tortured by demons and by sin in their life. And they need Jesus so badly. They need the word. They need the file of God. How we can speed that up? How can we spend time to see more souls safe in Japan? Should we think about that all day long? That is the heart of God. Amen? And this is the situation. McDonald's will not be here forever. GM and Ford will not be here forever. Microsoft will not be here forever. All these companies and corporations are going to be gone one day. Coca-Cola will not be here forever. You may not be able to drink Coke in heaven. You have the rivers. You have living water from the rivers of God instead. Better than Coca-Cola. I'm not against Coca-Cola because I drink Coca-Cola too. But what the Bible says in the book of Daniel... The book of Daniel talking about a big stone is cut but not by hand. And this stone is going to hit the legs of an image. Let me read a few scriptures to you. In Daniel chapter 2, I read verse 34. You watch why a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. That image talking about the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom of Persia, the kingdom of Rome, and the two-day kingdom. The lakes are the two-day kingdom. And the stone is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. 
He is the foundation. That stone hit the kingdoms of the world. All this gonna be gone. And what happened in the end time? Soon and very soon. Verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom that shall never not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. The kingdom of God shall stand forever. If you're gonna spend your time, your energy, your resources for something, I recommend you to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God gonna stand forever. Everything else gonna be gone one day. That's why I and Pastor Da spend all this time, spend all this energy to build the church. To save soul, to reach out to Thai people, to reach out to, you know, produce all this teaching because we know that this is gonna last forever. We want to be fruitful in our generation, and thank God for the privilege of being involved in the advancement of the kingdom of God right now. What a privilege to live, to move, to breathe, to do things on earth now to expand the kingdom of God. Amen. But the devil. Would do everything to tempt you, to lure you by your flesh. He knows your weakness, your flesh, that you're gonna live your life to please your flesh, your own lust desire. Maybe he will make somebody to step on your toes in the church, and then you leave the church, and you get mad of that person for the next 15 years, and they will go back to church, and you just waste your life away because you get mad at somebody in the church. Or he may lure you to be busy with your business, your work, and forget about the church. Or he may make you become so selfish and lazy and focus on yourself. Me, 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 me. What can I do to please myself? And 40 years later, you look up, you're ready to die, your last breath, and you say, "Oops, I have lost all this valuable time and years and opportunity in my life. I may go to heaven, but I suffer." The loss of producing fruit on earth here. Let us say out loud: redeeming the time. Colossians chapter four, verses five to six. A while ago, we read Ephesians. Now, Apostle Paul said the same thing: walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That was from New King James. Now I'm going to read from Amplified Bible. Behave yourself wisely, living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, making the very most of the time and seizing, buying up the opportunity. Let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome. Seasons, as it were, with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. It's so clear. Paul say, "Be wise, redeem your time, make the most of the time you have, make a good use of your opportunity, live your life." That God can speak to you to touch the non-believers. Use your life. That God can use your hand to bless other people. And when people look at you, they see God in you. Be wise. Spend time wisely. We are living on this earth, either for the Father in heaven, that God can speak through us to bless people. Do good things to people. Spend time wisely, or we can live our life selfishly. For ourselves or for the kingdom of darkness, let me conclude this sermon. Let me ask you: Are you living your life for the kingdom of God, or for yourself, or for Satan? Are you producing fruit with your time and resources? And the devil will do everything to make you selfish. And all the things in that you do in your life is to make a living, getting up, going to work. Coming home, make dishes, wash dishes, go to sleep, comb your hair, 
put makeup on your face. Next day, wake up, go to work, make money, come back home, eat, wash dishes, go to bed, wake up. You're gonna do that all the days of your life, and never produce any fruit because you just live for yourself. Let me ask this question: Is that lifestyle of the Christian today that we live like that? We just live for ourselves and let other people go to hell. And if you keep living like that, one day when you look up and your life is over, because your life is just a mist, a vapor, you'll be gone fast. You will feel sorry. But some of you now, on that day, you say, "Thank God for the teaching on Sunday, October second, year two thousand eleven. I repent of my sin. From now on, I'm going to live fruitfully for the kingdom of God." Amen. Let me say one more thing. There are things that need to be done. Yes, you need to comb your hair. Yes, you need to put the makeup on. Yes, you need to get dressed and go out of your house. Don't go out naked. Yes, you have to eat breakfast and lunch and dinner sometime. I eat so usually a couple meals a day, not even three meals, because I'm too busy to eat. We all have to do certain things, but. This is the issue. There are a lot of things that are not so important that people think they are. And the wisdom of God, I'm going to leave here and then continue next time. The wisdom of God will show us that there are two things in our life: how we spend resources and time, what is important, and what is not important. Everyone say, what is important? What is not important? If we don't get the wisdom from God, we may spend our whole life, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, to do the things that are not important, and we waste our life away without producing any fruit. We need to know what is important and what is not important. We need to know what is valuable and what is not valuable in the eyes of God. We need to know what's gonna waste our life away and what is worth the time we spend for eternity. We need to know what gonna produce and what will just eat up our life and our time away. The clock keep ticking, and the time will never come back. Every single minute is going by right now, and will never come back. You need to have the wisdom of God. What you gonna do? Uh, by nature, because I'm a younger son in the house, I tend to please everybody. Because my sister come, hmm. okay. My brother come, hmm. okay. So when I started the church, I was that kind of person. Everyone come to me. Can you do this for me? Okay, okay, okay. And lately, I grow up more spiritually. I begin to realize that I don't need to say yes to everybody. If they ask me, can you meet me? No. I don't need to meet you, because my time is valuable. I need to pick and choose how I'm going to spend my time. Some important and some is not important. We just got an email yesterday. Oh, we're going to have this party. Please come. I said to Pastor Dow, "What is all about? You just go and eat? No, waste my time. I'm not about eating. I'm about the kingdom of God. Amen." Amen. Yes, but if I go and eat and witness to non-believers, I will go. If I can reach out to somebody there, but just go because somebody asked me to go, I may say no. So if I say no to you, could you please understand? I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who will enable you to discern what is important and what is not important in your life? The wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Foolish people will just go and go and go and do things. Whatever come up, yes. Whenever other people want them to do, whatever other people want them to do, yes. Whatever strike their brain, yes. That bird drop something on their head, yes. <laughs> and they keep doing this for days and months and months, and years later they look back, wow. I have wasted so much time in my life to do some stupid things, 
some unimportant things in my life. I waste my time. Next time, we're going to learn how to hook up to the wisdom of God. This sermon is to just remind you, don't waste a lot of time on unimportant things. You need to be fruitful. You need to learn how to say yes and no. You need to know what is important and what is not important. Don't get involved with the unfruitful works of darkness, but live your life to build the kingdom of God. In the past 20 years of your life, you waste some of your time. You cannot get it back. But thank God you're still alive today. Thank God you're still breathing today. So it's not too late. You may have wasted 40 years of your life already before this sermon comes to you. But you're still alive. Thank God we're still alive. We're still breathing. We're still walking and doing things. So from today on, let's start a new life. One good thing about God is that God can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. You may waste 40 years already, but in the next one year, you can produce more than you did in 40 years. He can make it up for you. Amen. He's a God that can make it up. He can restore all the years that you lost in your life and speed it up. Even maybe you're right now 87 years old. And if you right now start to serve God, you can produce much more than 87 years in the past. And when you go to heaven, thank God for the sermon on October 2nd. Now I get a lot of rewards in heaven because I don't waste my time anymore, any longer. You may be 90 years old, but you still can produce because you live right from today on. I told Pastor Da, we're going to keep coming to this church and preach the word of God. Even 120 years old, I'm going to stand out up here. I'm not going to be retired. Because this is not organization. This is my house. This is my family. Any dad going to leave the family? No. I stay in my house. This is my house. You cannot chase me out. Sorry. You cannot find me. Amen. If I sin, then I will repent and you can correct me. But you cannot find me. I'm going to keep coming to church. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So today we learn God wants us to be fruitful, make choice to live for the light, to please God. Be faithful in little things. Make the goal to be fruitful from now on. Take serious about being fruitful for God. Abide with Jesus by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Get into the Word of God. The Word of God abide in you. And from now on, whatever you ask, He will give to you. He will reply you. He will answer you. And from today on, redeem the time. Be wise. Get the wisdom from God. What is important and what is not important. Next time, we will learn how to get that wisdom in detail. We're going to read many scriptures next time and learn about how to get the wisdom of God. The Bible shows us again and again about the wisdom of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do you learn something today? How many people say you're going to put this into practice? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are not a child of God yet, you don't have Jesus in your heart yet, I want to let you know, life is short, and after this life, there will be another life, either in heaven or in the eternal lake of fire. I'd rather go to heaven. I don't want to go to the eternal lake of fire. So in order to go to be with the Lord for eternity, we need to have relationship with Him, repent of our sin, and turn away from our wicked ways. And in order to do that, we need to make a decision to accept that we are sinners. I am not perfect, and I ask you to forgive my sin. Jesus, you died for me. Please forgive me. And come into my life. If you want to do that, I'd like to lead you to speak to God, not to me. You speak to God, confess with your mouth that I am a sinner. I need God to forgive me. How many people want to be a child of God? Raise your hand up. Say, I want to be a child of God. Raise your hand up. If you never invite Jesus into your heart, why don't you pray with me? You follow my prayer right now. Amen. Speak out loud that He can hear from your mouth. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you need to confess. 
you shall be saved. Follow the prayer. Father in heaven, I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. I have made mistakes. Today, I make a decision to follow you, to turn away from my ways, from my sins, and I believe you have redeemed me from the curses, from the bondage of sin, by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross. For my sin, Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. Give me life. Forgive me. Give life more abundantly. Thank you, Lord. From today on, I don't belong to darkness anymore. I am a person of the kingdom of God. I am a child of God, and one day I will live for eternity in heaven. And Lord, give me wisdom, the wisdom of God, so that I know what is important and what is not important. I want to redeem my time. I want to live right. I want to produce. Bear more fruit, and I will have rewards in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah! Let's give the mighty hand of praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new.